O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of your bulletin. It is from Luke chapter 10. Then he, that is Jesus, turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from, Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But... A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. This is God's word. Our hymn is your blue sheet, Wondrous King All Glorious. Wondrous King All Glorious. Sovereign Lord victorious, O oh, receive our praise with favor. From thee well God's kindness, though we in our blindness, straight from thee our blessed Savior. Strengthen thou Help us now, let our tongues be singing. 
would be a biblical lawyer, that is a, a Bible scholar, if you will. And so this uh, certain lawyer stood up. What's he wanting to do with Jesus? What's it say? He wanted to... He's going to test him, um, which lets you know who gives tests. Okay, so it might be a teacher uh, who has a student. If that's the case, <laughs> he thinks he's, he's the teacher and Jesus is the student. Ooh, and he's going to teach him a few things. Uh, see what he knows, see if he's as good as he says he is. Um, what do you think, Karn? What's interesting, you say he must have had a good knowledge. Um, he is a Bible scholar, that is, he does know the scriptures. He studied the scriptures. Um, nevertheless, when Jesus questions him, uh, Jesus goes back to, uh, for us, we would say, you know, if I test you on things, but I, if I take you right back to your catechism, if I take you to Luther's small catechism, and I take you to the prayers 
that are included there, kind of the beginning prayers of the day, you kind of go, wow, oh, come on, that's easy. Everybody knows that. That's what Jesus does. He actually takes him right back to what the Old Testament is called the Shema. Um, similar to what we would call as a morning prayer or maybe what we would call as a creed, okay? Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That was their confession of faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, all right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Sometimes they had three, sometimes they had all four. The only thing that Jesus adds on, and, and it's not that it's a like add-on like it's something new, was, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the only thing that he adds, kind of puts to that. That wasn't originally included with, with the Shema that was said every day, but obviously it was something that was to be done. Um, all right, yeah, um, the other mark, sometimes the student tests the teacher to make him look bad. Yeah. So we got a lawyer testing Jesus. Teacher, there's the term of respect, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Hmm. Normally with an inheritance, if you're going to inherit something, what do you do? You die. No, you can't inherit by dying. The other guy's got to die. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there's really nothing you do, right? Um, normally, you're just the son or daughter in the will. You're in the, th you know. Uh, um, of course, someone else has to die and you receive. So this kind of, what do I do to get the inheritance? Here, we're talking about the inheritance of eternal life. Can you do something to get it? What do I have to do? What kind of question is this? Is this a law question or a gospel question? It's a law question. It's a, law. it's a law question saying, what do I have to do? The law says you shall do this and not do this. That's exactly what it's getting at. Um, this is not a gospel question where you're saying, what do I have to believe? Um, what do, I, what do I have to trust in in order to be saved? Um, what kind of faith do I have to have? Uh, what things do I, I believe or trust in? No, no, no. He's asking a law question. So he asked him this. Uh, he said to him, uh, what do you have to do? Jesus says to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Um, What's written in the law says, let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back. The, the Bible, uh, the, the first five books of Moses were called the law of Moses. So he would say, all right, tell me what it says there. And then he says, how do you read it? Um, it's very similar to, I'm going to say, a asking you to repeat back to me, to recite it. Uh, the first commandment and the meaning. Can you recite it for me? How do you, how do you say that? What does that mean? Luther always says, what does this mean? Was das? das? And, and we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. He's asking him to recite, and that's exactly what he does. He recites back to him. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This is what the lawyer says. Jesus asked him back a question. Well, tell me, what is there? And he says, these are the things you do. You love God, you love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. 
What is that a summary of? Karen? The Ten Commandments. Love God is a summary of? First three. First table of the law. Love your neighbor? Last seven, four through ten. When the, the guy comes back and says, what do you have to do? Jesus says, well, what do you think? He says, I think you ought to keep the commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. That's what you ought to do. Jesus doesn't say you're wrong. <laughs> Jesus says, do this and you will live. Okay, you're right. That's what you have to do to be saved, to inherit eternal life. You got to keep the commandments perfectly. Never have sinned. Always do it and never sin, never do wrong. Do this. Jesus says, fine, do it and you'll live. Hmm. Does it surprise you? Well, Jesus says, yeah, that's what the law says. Um, I usually summarize the law when I'm teaching the school age kids. Um, Colton may have been here one of those times. Uh, this summer where we talk about the law and I say, okay, Colton, I'll give you a million dollars. Remember my million dollars? There's only one thing you have to do. You remember what I always tell them? No? I always tell them, uh, Nikolai, I'll give you a million dollars. All you have to do is jump over the church. Let's walk outside here. You want to jump over the church? <laughs> if you jump over the church, I'll give you a million dollars. What's the problem? I'm offering you a million dollars. Just like Jesus says here, here's eternal life. What's the problem? Just like you can't jump over the church, it's impossible. Keeping the Ten Commandments is impossible. Why does Jesus tell the man, fine, do this and you will live? Why does he tell him that? Yes, he asked a law question, and Jesus says, fine, you got a law answer, and the law answer, here's the way the law answer goes. If you're going to ask that kind of question, you get a law answer, but the problem is, is, you know, jumping over the church doesn't help. Um, Karin? He thought he could do it. He thought he could do it. That guy has come and said, I got this, I can do this. Um, he thought the commandments... You have to keep the commandments. And he says, great, I've kept the commandments. Jesus says, okay, do it. Um, hmm. The bad part of it is he even thought he was keeping the first three. He what now? He even thought he was keeping the first three. Yes. That's a little trouble for the last seven. <laughs> so what happens? It's, again, we got a guy last week, you might remember, they tried to justify themselves. Here again, what happens? It says, wanting to justify himself. Justify is declare himself righteous. He wanted to declare himself righteous. He wanted to say before Jesus, I have done it. And Pastor Arun is exactly right. The guy kind of goes, well, before God, the first three commandments, I think I probably got that taken care of. He doesn't, but okay, let's set it aside for now because he doesn't deal with that at all. It's at this point, Mark, that his conscience the conscience inside you, the conscience compares the law written on our heart with our actions and what we do. And the guy goes, I've done it. Well, well, there is this one part that kind of has got me a little bit concerned. This love your neighbor as yourself. 
okay. He says, um, who is my neighbor? Now, why does the guy want to know who's the neighbor? And who isn't his neighbor? He's trying to weasel out of everybody being his neighbor because he figures, if I can narrow the field out with it, maybe I can do that. Exactly. I don't have to be neighbors with that guy, but okay, this guy here, I like him, I'll be his neighbor. What does he know? He knows that he's been pretty rotten to Joe and Sally, but he likes Mark, and he likes, you know, Susie, and whatever. And so what happens is he says, who is my neighbor? So who do I have to be nice to? If you, if you call me names, do I have to be nice to you? Do I have to love you also? Or can I, can I hate my enemies? Would that be okay? I'll hate my enemies and I'll love, you know, my friend. And so the guy's kind of going, can I like pick who I love and who I don't love? Because I'm a little bit concerned about this because there are some people, I'm pretty good with all of you, but, you know, there's that one relative that I don't like, you know, I mean, whatever it might be. You are right. You are right. That is true. Um, I find it fascinating, though, that Jesus, you said he asked the wrong question. That guy did at the beginning. When the guy asked, and who is my neighbor? Tell me again. It's the wrong question. And when you ask the wrong question, you'll ne you can never get out of this. Um, so Jesus takes the guy's question, tells him a story, and when he gets to the end, Jesus changes the question. Okay, when politicians do this, we don't like it, you know, because they're trying to get around something or do whatever. But Jesus has a particular point. No, no, no. If you want to pick out who you love and who you don't love, we're going to have problems. And you're right. I guess you could just say everyone's your neighbor and you have to do it. Um, I find that, that I can get around that one, too. I just don't, I'm not real nuts about everyone is my neighbor. Um, it's the same kind of thing um, when, um, when, your, uh, when your mother tells you you have to eat your peas, okay? Um, and, and then she tells, you know, why do I have to eat my peas? Because there are starving people, starving kids in China or something, right? And I'm thinking, fine, you know, I'll send them to them. Great, they can have my peas. Um, the reality is, is that when it comes to neighbors, it's a pretty limited number of people that I come in contact with most every day. And I can have like a, at least a minimal significance, probably even smaller than that. But you know, maybe 100 people or something like that. Um, you know, the 6.2 billion people in the world or something, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not real good at in relating with everyone is my neighbor, really. Um, I don't know about that. So here's what we have. Jesus tells them a story. He tells a story about a man who's going to worship. Um, a certain man went down to worship. Um, he's going to, and, and he gets beaten up, he gets stripped, he's le left half dead. There are other people that are going to Jerusalem. They're going to worship too. The first person that's going down the road is a priest. He is a pastor of sorts, you might say, who is going down to worship. And what does he do? He sees the guy lying half dead. Keeps going. And he does what? He keeps going. He keeps going. Why does he keep going? You would expect, you kind of go, wait a minute. This is a religious guy. You know, this is an ordained whatever. Why not? 
Why doesn't he stop? He doesn't want to? <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, wait a minute. I got catechesis at 6.30. You know, I can't stop. Uh, um, I got to get going. Um, you know, two, um, if a priest, if, this, if the priest stops to help this guy and the guy dies, then you can't do any religious rites until the next day after sunrise. After sundown, you have to go to it. I mean, because you can't contact a dead body, because then you'll be unclean. The guy looks and goes, I don't know, I better not do that. You know, when I, he's got all kinds of reasons. In fact, maybe his religions are, our reasons are religious. He, he uses his religion. I can't do that because my religion will let, it's, it's a crock, but it's, it's, it's true. Then a Levite comes. Who's a Levite? Well, the Levite is the priest's helper. He's not really ordained, but he's, kind of, he's an elder. He's, he's an officer. He's, he's, uh, he's someone in the church, right? And so the Levite comes, sees the guy, and does what? He, uh, he the prophet, no, 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 no. There's three guys. The priest doesn't. The Levite also goes around. He goes to the other side of the road. Both the first two won't do it. But then... The third guy, now what happens, Nikolai? Then he, um, he does help. And what's crazy about this story is, do you know what kind of guy this is? A Samaritan. Jews, Jews go to the temple. Samaritans, they were enemies. They hated each other. And yet the Samaritan sees the Jew there and says, I'm going to stop and help the guy. And does he just stop and, and, and help the guy? He doesn't just stop. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, hey, you doing okay? Oh, you're not? Okay. What does he do? He bandages him up. He pours on oil and wine. He takes him and puts him on his own donkey. He takes him to an inn. He takes care of the guy while he's there, pays for the night. Then the guy's still not ready and says, I'm going to pay the innkeeper to watch over the guy a little bit more. Really? What a remarkable change. And what do we see? We see uh, um, uh, an enemy doing far well above and beyond anything that you know, any, any of the Jews does. When Jesus gets to the end, the guy said, and who is my neighbor? When Jesus gets to the end of the story, he says, so which of the three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves. Which one was a neighbor? Was it the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? It was pretty much all of them. Which one was neighborly? Which one acted like a neighbor? Samaritan. Only the Samaritan. Yeah, only. The other ones did not, didn't do it. It's a difference. We always want to go around and pick the neighbor. That's the noun. Jesus says, no, whoever you come in contact with, now I won't come in contact with the 6.2 billion people, but I will come in contact with 100, and particularly with about 20 probably each day, in which I can say, was I neighborly? Was I neighborly? Did I love my, here's my neighbor. I have a, gen, I have a real person you know, at the checkout counter. I have a real person who cut me off and told me I was number one while I was driving. I am a real person that I have to deal with. And these real people, what happens? I am to be neighborly 
I am to love my neighbor. That's what I am given to do. Jesus changes it around. The guy wants to pick out and exclude one. He says, no, no, no. Everyone you come in contact with, however it may be, you are to be neighborly. Um, now, granted, it's, it's a different way of love as I would love my daughter or I would love a, a, a member or I would love my next door neighbor who may need his lawn mowed or, or, or whatever. But everyone has uh, uh, something that they are to love their neighbor with and especially when they are cranky or angry or mad or, or whatever it might be. Um, so what does Jesus do? The guy comes and says, what do I have to do? He says, I think I have to keep the Ten Commandments to be saved. What do you think of that? Jesus said, fine, go do it. And the guy goes, eh, except this little neighbor thing. And so Jesus says, all right, you've got to be neighbor, yes, to even the ones that are your enemies. Now what do you think the guy should do? It doesn't go on. Jesus says to him, which one is the one? He said, the Samaritan. He said, go and do likewise. What should the guy do at this point? When Jesus says, go, do it. Huh? Confess his sins. He ought to say, oh, I haven't done that. I mean, every one of us falls short. We know we haven't. We know we haven't done what we should. Um, your conscience, you know, for a while we can all go, yep, yep, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're good. I'm good, you're good, yeah, we're good, okay. Um, but then we all know, you know, I'm not. Um, if you really knew what I thought, and if you really knew what I did, and if you know what I wanted to say, and sometimes I didn't, I, um, no. Um, what, are, what do pastors do? They have law and gospel. They have the law that shows us our sin, and they have the gospel good news about forgiveness. What do pastors do with the law? We take the law like a, a uh, attack dog, and we unhook the leash and say, go. And we let the law go. Um, wrestle with the law for a while. See how you like it. Um, you'll find that the law will always kill you. It will always hurt. It never finally makes you feel good. That's not what the law does. So that I can come to you with the gospel, so that I can come to you with the good news, so I can tell you that your sins are forgiven. Jesus, if the guy had come to him and said, what do I need to do to be saved? Jesus would have said, believe in me. I'm, I'm saving you. I'm going to die for your sins. I'm taking away. Trust in God who provides for the forgiveness of sins. But the guy asked the wrong question. He wants to show him so that he gives up and that he can give him the good news about salvation. But when we get to the end, the guy doesn't yet. Um, he's still wrestling with and trying to be justified by the law. He can't do it. Let's go back to the beginning of the story. I jumped over it. What happened at the beginning? The disciples are around. It says he turns to the disciples and he says to them privately, blessed are your eyes which see what I... Who do, what do, who do these disciples get to see? God himself, Jesus is standing there. Here's the Savior of the world, the disciple. He says, you are blessed. And then this punk lawyer comes up and says, I'm going to test you. You ought to be believing in him. You ought to be going, wow, this is great. I get to come and be in his presence. I get to receive it. You know, if someone comes to you um, and, and is smart and has whatever, you ought to sit down and listen to him. Um, not say, well, let me ask you a few questions, buddy. No, here is the Savior of the world. And kings 
David, Solomon, and the Old Testament, they were all looking forward to him. Prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Moses was looking forward to Jesus coming. They all wanted this day. None of them got to see it. Now the 12 apostles, his disciples, got to see Jesus. Their eyes are blessed. They can hear him. They can see him. They can hear the words of eternal life uh, and trust in him. Um, And then uh, this lawyer comes who doesn't. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. What was it? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What happened? God didn't wait for us to do something. We couldn't keep the law and we had fallen short. We were his enemies. While we were still sinners, while we were still his enemies, He dies for us. He comes to us. He's like the Samaritan that comes to us. And what does he do? He comes down from heaven to be with us. He comes to our side of the road. He comes and picks us up. And what does he do? He's going to bandage up our wounds. He's going to forgive us our sins. He's going to continue to strengthen us with the word and with the sacraments. Um, As as he pours on oil, often oil, a sealing was done in connection with, with baptism, Um, wine in connection with a sacrament. Uh, Here he is. He's given that. What else is he going to do? He's going to put you on his own beast of burden. He's going to carry your sins. And he's going to take you to the inn. What inn is he going to take you to? What hospital is he going to take you to? Yes, to the church. And he's going to put you there. And what's he going to do? He's going to take care of you there. He's going to appoint pastors, innkeepers, Uh, to preach the word and to do these things. And in fact, the pastor even pays me to do it. Here, I want to pay you. Make sure you take good care of them. Um, And so this is my living. And so the Lord says, and if there is anything else that you need, credit it to me. I'll take care of it. Um, You can't give so much that you'd say, well, now God owes me. No, God, we're always in debt. And and so he has provided for us. And so this is what we see with the story. We see uh, someone asking the wrong questions, and yet there is Jesus wanting to give out gospel answers, wanting to give out forgiveness of sins, wanting to teach us about how we can't do it, we can't keep the law, but he has. Questions? All right, get out your prayer sheets in the middle to recite word by word. Uh, tonight in our prayers, what do we need to ask God for? What do we need to thank him for? What do we need to confess or praise him? Okay, we will do that. We should thank him that while we were still, that even though we were his enemies, he said his son had died for us. Wow, we ought to thank him. What a gracious God. Give us contentment. Confess, yes, we've we've coveted. Give us contentment. All right, on our sheets, Ten Commandments. Uh, Someone help me out with the parts. Todd, Apostles' Creed. Colton, Lord's Prayer. Uh, Stephen, Holy Baptism. Luke, Confession Absolution. Sadie, and Sacrament of the Altar, Lord's Supper.
Pastor Arun, thank you. Please stand. The Ten Commandments teach what we are to do. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us an increase of faith, hope, and charity. And as we do obtain that which you promise, make us to love that which you command. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give us contentment and take away the sinful desires to covet. We ask also, dear Lord, that you would well up in us a thankfulness for your love and sending us your Son, even while we were still enemies. And we ask, dear Lord, that you would provide uh, salvation for uh, Vince family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Be the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.